This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And when God called the prophet Ezekiel, when he called the prophet Ezekiel, and they, whether they hear or whether they will forbear for their rebellious house, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. So God told Ezekiel that he was to preach to the Jewish people. If they smiled and welcomed his message, he was to preach. If they gave him a dirty look and rejected his message, he was to preach. And then God told Ezekiel there was one thing for sure that they were going to know. Ezekiel 2.5, yet shall they know that there has been a prophet among them. The problem is they will know that there was a prophet among them. It would have been so much better if they would have known that there is a prophet among them and not that there was a prophet among them. And that's the difference between the Gadarenes and the people of Gennesaret. Because by the time they find out that there was a prophet among them, that prophet was no longer among them. And at the time when Ezekiel preached, it was a time when there were false prophets and Ezekiel was not accepted as a prophet. Now Ezekiel's accepted as a prophet. He's one of the major prophets in Tanakh, in the book, but it's too late. It's too late for those who didn't see at the time that Ezekiel was a prophet. And that's the difference between the Gadarenes and the Gennesaret. The Gadarenes said, there's no prophet among us. And the people of Gennesaret said, there is a prophet among us. So now when we look at verse 35, we see this really important word, when. Because the word when, in verse 35, when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased, it paints a picture. It paints a picture for us. The picture is that the Lord, in verse 22, he presses the disciples to get into a boat, travel about nine miles over the lake to the other side, and he tells the disciples, you go, I'll come later. And then there's the terrible storm, and the Lord comes and and walks on the water, gets into the boat with the disciples, so they both arrive together, the disciples and the Lord. It meant that the Lord was with the disciples when the boat arrived in the land of Gennesaret there. That meant there was no way for the people of Gennesaret to know in advance 
that the Lord was coming to them. He just arrived. You know, he didn't publish an itinerary and say, this is where I'm going to be at this date. And then when he arrives, they knew him, and that's when verse 35 comes into play, and the people spring into action with a sense of, hurry up, hurry up. We don't have much time. He's here now. He will leave, and when he leaves, he'll be gone. And so the word went out, the words went out. We can imagine the excitement of it all as they told all the people who were diseased, all the people who were diseased, all the people who had no hope of a cure, that now was their one and only chance to be healed, to be cured. And just imagine if you were in that state. Just imagine if you were living with the knowledge that you have cancer and there's no cure and it's going to kill you, like a, a very advanced prostate cancer, a very advanced breast cancer. You're weak. You can't go anyplace. And your friend arrives at your home. He's all excited and he tells you the famous Jesus has just arrived on the shore and he can heal you, he will heal you, so I'm going to take you to him, your friend says. Now, if you were in that state, would you say to your friend, well, let me have lunch first, you know, let me freshen up, I'll try to get ready. No, you'd say, I'm ready now, let's go, take me now, take me to him. And this is the picture that's painted with the word when in verse 35. So as soon as the people hear that the Lord Jesus is in town, there's a rush and there's bringing of all these diseased people to the Lord. And when they brought their sick to the Lord, they then begged the Lord, in verse 36, they besought him, that, verse 36, they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as were touched were made perfectly whole. So this word in verse 36, only, it paints a picture of the scene, only. I mean, the people, you know, the people there, they could have thought about the leper, and how the Lord healed the leper in Matthew 8.3. Matthew 8.3, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. People could have thought about Peter's mother-in-law. Peter's mother-in-law, how the Lord healed her in Matthew 8.14. Matthew 8.14, when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother sick of a fever. He touched her hand. The fever left her. People could have thought about those two blind men. We're travels who followed the Lord, Matthew 9, 27, Matthew 9, 27, how did he heal them? When Jesus departed then, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus saith unto him, Believe ye, I'm able to do this. They said, Yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. But those men, they could have thought about all those people and how the Lord healed them with a touch. And they could have thought Touch worked. He touched the people. They were healed. If we're looking for a surefire method for our disease to get them healed, the touch method is going to be the method we're going to choose. It works. And they could have begged the Lord, and they brought the sick, to just touch them, just touch them. Did it in the past, but they didn't. They begged the Lord to allow the diseased people to touch the hem of his garment. Or, or those men of Gennesaret, they could have thought about the servant of the Roman centurion, the Lord healed the servant in Matthew 8, 5. Matthew 8, 5, when it says Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou shouldst enter into my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And then it says in Matthew 8, 13, Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self-same hour. So those men of Gennesaret, they could have thought the spoken word works. That method works. They could have asked the Lord, use the spoken word method. Just say, Lord, please, just say be healed 
over every disease that we bring you, and it'll work. But what's so interesting is that these men of Gennesaret, they could have begged the Lord to touch, they could have begged the Lord to speak a word, maybe wave his hand over them and say a word, but they didn't. They didn't. They begged the Lord to let each of the diseased touch the hem of his garment. Now, these men, they knew about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She was famous. A woman, there was no hope of being healed. A woman who had exhausted all of the medical doctor knowledge options, and they had exhausted all of her savings and didn't make her any better, but made her worse, and she was healed in Matthew 9.20. Matthew 9.20, behold, a woman which had diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Jesus turned him about when he saw her and said, daughter, be of good cheer, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. That's the method they chose for their disease in that heel in their city. It was totally their choice. Nobody said to them, take the method of touching the hem of the garment. Don't take the touch method. Don't take the word method. The Lord didn't say that to them. The Lord didn't say, for your city, not the I will touch the sick method, not the I will speak a word method, but the touch of my uh, hem of my garment method. He didn't do that. He did not tell them what method to use. It was totally decided by the men of the city. And the men decided that they wanted their sick to be healed by touching the hem of his garment. Why? Why did they choose that? What was it about touching the hem of his garment that seemed like the best way for their sick to be healed? Their choice to not ask the Lord to touch the sick kind of reflects a humility, a deep sense of humility. It reflects their feeling of like unworthiness, similar to the centurion. They thought, we're not worthy for the Lord to touch our sick. And it's kind of that, that centurion had that sense of, you know, it says in Matthew 8, 8, the centurion, Matthew 8, 8, the centurion answered and said, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. And this is how they felt. They said, we're not worthy. So the men, to not choose this, the touch, it was like, I wasn't worthy. Well, why didn't they choose to speak the word method that the centurion chose? Because for the healing of sick, it also shows that they had a sense that the sick had got to get close. The sick had got to approach. The sick got to, I mean, we can imagine the, the Old Testament priests, they approached the Lord in the tabernacle, but never without blood, never without blood. If a priest, he'd be suicidal to do that. Priest approached the Lord in the tabernacle. If he came to the Lord without blood in the, in the tabernacle, it was as if the priest would come to God with nothing to protect him. Can you imagine the priest when they come to, it's like this, don't look at me, look at the blood. And then the priest would come to God holding out the blood in front of him, and he'd be saying, don't look at me. Look at the blood. The blood is my shield. The blood is my protector. The blood is going to shield me from your wrath. The blood is going to protect me from the judgment of my sins. I'm hiding behind the blood, is what the priests are saying. And so there's really two extremes for approaching God. One is with fear and hesitation, or no fear and boldness. And the blood makes a difference. As it says in Hebrews 10, 19, Hebrews 10, 19, which is saying to approach God with no blood is to approach God with fear and trembling, but to approach God with the blood of Jesus is Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So by asking for their sick to only touch the hem of his garment showed how they felt the sense of fear, they felt a sense of hesitation. And the only reason they asked for that is because they were feeling so desperate 
from having an incurable disease on their hands, and they were relying on the knowledge that Jesus wants to do good, and this is good. So for them, to choose the touch the hem of his garment method also showed that they didn't expect the Lord to do anything special. Nothing special. Just let us touch the hem of your garment. You don't have to do a thing. Just let us touch the hem. Unlike Naaman, the leper, Naaman the leper, where he expected some great formality, some great fanfare, 2 Kings 5.11, 2 Kings 5.11, expected some clapping of the hand, impressive prayer, standing up there on maybe some pulpit or pedestal, 2 Kings 5.11. Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hands over the place and recover the leper. They weren't looking for that at all. So of the three methods that were on the table for these men of Gennesaret, the touch the disease method, the speak the word method, the touch the hem of his garment, it's the last one. And one of the reasons they did that too is because of, of those three methods, that was the method that had the greatest involvement of the diseased person himself. When the diseased were brought to the Lord, for example, if there was for the touch the diseased method, all they had to do is just rely on others to bring them to the Lord and then rely on the Lord to touch them, and that was it, they were done, they were finished. For the speak the word method, all the disease had to do was just wait for the word to be spoken and they'd be healed, that was it, they were done. But there was something different about touch the hem of his garment method because that method took effort on the part of the diseased. The diseased had to reach out their hand and touch the hem of his garment. And there was that moment for each of them. There was that moment when the diseased were told by the others who brought them there, they were told by the others who brought them there, okay, now's your time. Now's your time. Reach out your hand Touch the hem of his garment. Go ahead, do that. We're standing here. We did all we could for you. We brought you here. We're backing off now. You have to do this. This is what you have to do. It's not much, but you got to do it. We're not going to force you. We're not going to grab your hand. It's going to be you making the decision and reaching out your hand to touch the hem of his garment. And we're all going to stand back as you do that. So at that moment in time for each of the diseased, the diseased had to make a choice. I'm going to reach out my hand and touch the hem, or I'm not going to reach out my hand and touch the hem. And the question is, well, didn't every diseased person reach out his hand and touch the hem of his garment? Of course, they were diseased. He was going to cure them. They could see other people were diseased and they were getting cured. So naturally, they're all going to reach out their hand and, and touch, right? Maybe not. Maybe not. Why? Because there's a little statement at the end of verse 36 that kind of gives us a little bit of a clue here of maybe not. And that statement is, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And that, and we look at that and say, as many as touched? Why not everybody touched? No, as many as touched. And that's sort of similar to John 1. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to be. Didn't they all receive him? No. Didn't they all not receive him? No. There were the as many as received him. Didn't, weren't all the diseased, uh, didn't they all touch the hem of his garden? Because that was a sure fire way they get healed. No. No. As many as touched were made perfectly whole. Well, what do you mean, as many as touched? That implies that there were some who did not touch the hem of his garment and they were not healed. 
Why didn't every person touch the hem of his garment? I don't get it. They're diseased. They need. There's no other hope for them. There's no other way. They're brought by others. Everything has been made available to them. Everything has been done for them. All they got to do is reach out their hand. Why would a person not do that? Well, first of all, when verse 34 says, which it does, they brought unto him all that were diseased. In this instance, we cannot say, well, they didn't touch the hem of his garment because they weren't brought. No, it says they brought all that were diseased. Well, they didn't touch the hem of his garment because they didn't have an opportunity to. No, they had an opportunity. It says all were brought to him. So if the some who didn't touch the hem of his garment, it wasn't because they weren't brought. It wasn't because they didn't know. It wasn't because they didn't have the opportunity to not touch. That wasn't it. Well, whether or not they touched the hem of his garden, everybody was taken out of their house that was diseased and brought to the Lord and told what they had to do, touch the hem of his garment. So it wasn't a question of whether or not each person had the chance to touch the hem of his garment because verse 34 says that all them were brought to the Lord to be healed. And every person, every deserve was told, this is what you gotta do. Just touch the hem of his garment, that's all. How hard is it? Reach out your hand and touch the hem of his garment. You don't have to recite anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be baptized. Nothing. Just reach out your hand very simply and touch the hem of his garment. But not everybody did. Not every diseased person touched the hem of his garment. And the reason, the only reason why a person did not touch the hem of his garment, because they decided not to. Well, why would anybody decide not to? That doesn't make any sense. Well, we can imagine that some of those people said, I'm religious. I respect and I follow my religious leaders. They are the Pharisees. I know what they think about Jesus. They are the enemies of Jesus, and I choose them. I am not going to have as part of my reputation, oh, you touched the hem of his garment and you were, and so you bowed before him? No. They said, I'd rather die from this disease than to bow before Jesus. So I refuse to touch the hem of his garment. And they did, and that was their right, and they could. And those people who refused, who were brought to Jesus with their disease, they left with their disease. They were not benefited by Jesus. And then we could imagine some of the diseased people who decided not to touch the hem of his garment might have been similar to Naaman the leper. Naaman the leper, who said, no, 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 I expect this. I expect him to come out here, stand up, call on the name of his God, big, impressive, lots of ceremony. Maybe he's going to sprinkle water on me. I'll take that. He's going to touch me. I'll fall over backwards. I'll take that. Some big fanfare but touch the hem of his garment, not me. Oh, no. I'm too important to stoop to the level of touching the hem, the exterior, the extremity of someone's garment. The hem of the garment, that might rub on the ground. What, gar what hem are you talking about? The one that rubs on the ground? I'm too important to touch something that rubs on the ground. I don't care if it will heal me. I won't do it. Maybe I might touch the top of his head, but that's not what I'm told to do. I'm not going to do it but not the edge of a garment, not me. I don't think they know who they're brought here. 
And those people who, because of pride, refused, they were brought to Jesus with their disease, but because of pride, they refused to touch the hem of his garment, they left with their disease. And that's a picture of people today. Just as all the diseased people in verse 35 and 36 who were brought to the Lord to be healed were told what to do, today the gospel is so pervasive in our land. You hear the gospel on the radio, you hear it on television, you hear it in churches, people talk, witnessing, and they're all told, all of us are diseased, and this is what you got to do to be cured from the disease. Romans 3.22, all have sinned. Romans 3.22, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 10.9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, thou shalt be cured, thou shalt be freed from your disease of sin. That's what this say. And so when everyone hears that in our land, that what they have to believe in their heart is to believe in their heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and confess with their mouth that he's their Lord. When someone hears that, it's a replay of verse 35. Verse 35, they were brought unto him all that were diseased. When a person hears the gospel, he is brought to Jesus. And just as those people are brought, the diseased person backs off and says, all you gotta do is just reach out your hand, touch the hem of his garment, go ahead, go for it. That's what happens when a person hears the gospel and then he has to make his decision. And whenever a person does decide to receive Christ as Savior and Lord, he's saved. And he walks away without his disease of sin. But whenever a person decides not to receive Christ, it's a replay of verse 36. Verse 36, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. As many as touched were made perfectly whole. And so just as the healing of the disease in verse 36 all came down to the decision of the diseased person. Reach out your hand and touch the hem of the garment and be healed or refuse to. And that was the perfect method because it involved the disease. So today, the healing of the sinner all comes down to the decision of the sinner. Reach out your hand and take Jesus as your savior or don't. And that hand of the diseased person that reached out and touched that, the hem of his garment was the same type of hand as the woman who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Both are the hand of faith. The person believes that by touching the hem of his garment that he's going to be saved. That's the hand of faith. He says, that's the same of that woman in, in Matthew 9.22. Matthew 9.22, Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. It was her faith. It was a hand of faith. I'm reaching out my hand to Jesus. I'm reaching out my hand to the hem of his garment. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. It's not the garment. It's faith in him. And this is the method that I've chosen. This is the method that were chosen by the men for the diseased people, a method of choice. You choose. You're going to reach out or not. And so God honored that. And he says, if you want me to be found today as the healer, I'll be found. But you have to reach out your hand. And that's what happened. And that's the challenge of today. And that's the application of this whole issue of as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being so willing to be touched to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.